Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Welcome to Word of Life. So glad that you're here. You picked a great Sunday to be here. And I'm excited to share with you. It's good to see some new faces. Welcome. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. Are you guys ready to just like jump into the Word? Love it. Love the enthusiasm. It's going to be awesome. If you've never uh, had the opportunity to hear me share, I, I like to give a little warning. I don't have a preacher voice. I don't have an act. I'm very much myself. I can't help it. So we're going to be very conversational, very chit-chatty. So if you need me to slow down, if you need me to go back, just tell me. I will slow down. I will go back just for you because we're in this together. Isn't that right? (laughs) So it's going to be good. And um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to sharing. Let me pray one more time because it's always good to put a little extra Holy Ghost on it before I really opened my mouth. So Lord, thank you for meeting us here. I thank you that you were just speaking and moving through me, Lord. Help me to say all that I need to say and keep me from saying anything that I shouldn't say. And just bless our time together. Bless the airheads. And we just thank you. It's in your name again we pray. Amen. Amen. So... I'm going to jump right in. We, we had a little pivot in programming at church, so I, I got to like switch up my message, um, which is like both fun and like a little worrisome because we like to prepare, but I, I'm also a procrastinator, I have to admit. Procrastination station, party of one, it's me. I live there, I dwell there. But you know, pressure makes diamonds. Not saying this is going to be a diamond, but let's hope, right? The, God's word's in it, so something will come out. Um, but when I was switching up my message, I was like trying to think of what to share, what, what I wanted to say, what did, what did the Lord want to say most importantly, right? Cause that's what matters, what he says. And I kind of hit a block. Anybody ever have like writer's block or just, you know, the ideas aren't flowing the way you want them to. So I, I prayed, I meditated, I opened my Bible. I followed my reading plan when that didn't work. I flipped and picked, you know, I just was having a hard time cutting through the noise and just like landing on something. So I went to my, well, some people have a prayer closet, right? So mine is my car. That is my safe space. I've moved a lot, but my car has been constant. She is dirty, but she is mine. (laughs) And worship happens on those four wheels. I'll tell you that. So I went for a little drive. Amen. I went for a little drive and I was just riding around town, you know, before the storms and all that happened. And I got to this light and I saw this church and it had a sign on the outside, like they printed a sign and it had Philippians 4, I think it was, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a word. That's good. Not what I'm using today, but I was like, that's good. It encouraged me. <laughs> and then I just kept going, you know, put on a little praise music, try to get in the zone, start praying and talking to God. And then I, I ended up behind this car and it was like a bumper sticker mommy. You know who I'm talking about? Those minivans that have like the stickers of the family and then it has like the stickers of the schools and then there's always like an inspirational sticker and then there's just like all these decals going, right? 
no tea, no shade. If that's you, you rock your car. You put as many tattoos on your car as you want to. It is totally fine. But I was behind this car, and I think it was like a John 3.16 or just one of those verses that, you know, like, we all just know, but we don't know, but we know that we know it. You know what I'm saying? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? And I was like, okay, yeah, cool, got it, encouraged by this car. Another one comes by. I must confess, I was in Madison, so I feel like that's kind of part of the territory there. There's a lot of moms taking their kids to schools. And there's another one just like... In my brain, I'm like looking at this car. I'm like, there is no way they can see out of their back windshield. Surely this is an obstruction. This can't be legal, right? And I'm judging another inspirational like Bible verse on there. Some of them have a little fish. And I'm just like, what is going on? And so instead of like praying and meditating, I really got into the flesh. And I started looking at these stickers. And I just, I got the ick, y'all. I did. We talk about the things that we just don't like. And I was just like, ugh, like all these stickers, it ruins the aesthetic of the car. But also like, what's up with people just posting up Bible verses? Because I feel like people do that just because they feel like they should, not because they actually know what the verse is. Like, I want to like knock on their window and be like, tell me what this verse says. Not just the reference. Tell me the verse. I want the whole scripture. If you're about it, be about it, you know? And then I went on this whole tangent and just like rabbit trail. And I started thinking about people who were just like, you know, bio people who have like really long Instagram bios and they always have like their, their verse in their bio. Again, no tea, no shade. If that's you, Go for it. I think I have a Bible verse in my own bio, okay? (laughs) And I started thinking about this, and I just got really critical. I got very judgmental, very critical. Like I said, I can't help but be myself, so I'm going to be painfully honest, and I hope you guys can forgive me and love me through it. But I started, you know, just questioning and just getting kind of cynical about these stickers and these bio verses and, and all of that. And the Lord, he convicted me right? Because that's what God does. The more time you spend with him, the more he will address the things that are off in your own heart. And so obviously I started to feel like guilty and I had to repent for just getting the ick and being so rude. And just not that anybody knew, I could have never shared the story. None of y'all would have known, but here I am. And the Lord just really had to deal with me. Like, why are you being so critical? Like, If people want to put a Bible verse out there, let them put it out there, and hopefully it penetrates and means something to them. But if it doesn't, you know God's word. Like, let it mean something to you. And I was like, okay, yes, sir. Didn't have to hurt my feelings today. You know, I was just trying to spend time with you. And then uh, if that wasn't enough, the Lord really, like, brought to my remembrance all the times I had that bumper sticker faith. All, that, all the times where I would say a verse or put up a verse or whatever just because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do, right? Or all the times someone, you know, oh my gosh, this thing that people do, and I love the honesty, but you know, and it catches you off guard, and you're like, hey, how are you? And they're actually honest with you, and they tell you like their whole life story and everything that's going wrong, and you're like, I totally thought you were just going to say good and we were going to go on. I just wanted my Starbucks. Like, that's it. And all the times I've been like, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. I'm so sorry you're going through that. And then, like, I totally forgot to pray. Bumper sticker faith. All the times that I spoke it, but I wasn't about it. And, and the Lord had to really deal with me and, and tell me that there's no difference in me and that bumper sticker mommy driving through Madison right? If I don't put action behind the things that I'm, I'm putting out there, 
the things that I'm saying, the words that I'm sharing. And I think the Lord wants to kind of deal with us even now in our moments where we kind of forget, we get into the routine of things, you know, we're at church, we're singing the songs, but sometimes we forget to let it have meaning. And sometimes we forget to let it fuel us and give us purpose. And the Lord wants to dismantle our bumper sticker faith and make sure that we have like strong faith because obviously we need it to make it through, but there are people depending on us who need our faith, who need us to be about it, to be, to be strong men and women of God in these streets, right? And so I'm just grateful that the Lord gave me that revelation, but on top of that, he gave me scripture. Won't he do it? <laughs> I love it when he does that, because then I know it's not just me that's like... I'm so smart. I've put these things together. No, it's literally gospel. It's not me at all. And we're going to read from James 2. And I like what it says in the message version. It says, James 2, verses 14 through 17. I have it up there. It says, Dear friends, do you think that you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags, half-starved, and say, good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk away. So sassy. (laughs) And you walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I love this chunk of scripture because one, I'm kind of sassy and I felt like it was sassy and we're speaking the same language, but two, it's kind of bringing to light that phrase that we all know, talk is cheap. What is just talking about faith if we're not going to be about it? And we're so in a time where we can talk, 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 and never really put forth any actions, but we can make people think that we've done that. We, we can walk out the counterfeit. We can walk out fraud. And people will think, oh, they're a person of God. I just told them my whole life story. They said they're going to pray, so surely they're going to pray. I'm covered. Meanwhile, we've done a disservice to that person because we're not walking it out. I want us to be a people, to be a church that walks the things out that God is telling us to do. That's walking the things out that are in his word. I don't want us to get so caught up in just presenting well that we forget that we have to take action. We have authority because we are heirs of the kingdom of light. So we have to walk in light, but we also have to share light wherever we go. I don't want to be walking around in outrageous nonsense. And I do take this kind of personally because I come from a multi-faith home. So half of my family, they are non-believers. They've never been to church. I FaceTimed them once to show them church, and that's about as close as they've ever gotten. And whenever I go visit them, I was talking to some friends about this the other day, after the gym, because I'm a gym girl now. Y'all watch out. And, And we were talking about how whenever I go to my family, I am like the representative of Christianity. And they'll ask me questions, very uncomfortable questions, to try to trap me, to get me to say something that goes so against their beliefs just so they can argue and say, oh yeah, you Christians are like that. You Christians do this, you do that. If I would just talk the talk and not walk the walk, those conversations would be null and void. 
I couldn't tell them, oh yeah, like God is love and we, like God is in us so we love people and then turn around and talk badly about folks. I couldn't go around and just dismiss and disarm and be critical to people and claim that I have Christ in me and I love everyone. They, they're watching that. They're watching that in me. And I know there are people in your lives who are watching that in you. No pressure. It's fine. We're all walking through this together. But we have to let God's word get in us, transform us, so that we can be the light bearers that we're called to be. And, you know, for me, it's my family. It's my sisters, it's my dad, it's my stepmom. These aren't cousins that I see once in a blue moon. These are people very near and dear to my heart. And because I'm contending for, for their lives to be transformed, I'm contending for them to meet and to know Jesus so fully, I have to take this seriously. And yeah, sometimes I might need to put a bumper sticker on my car so that I can remind myself when I'm driving in this vehicle, I'm a representative of Christ. So even when I'm passing by someone, let them know. Scripture's fueling me the whole way. It matters. It makes a difference. And it's what's going to change this world. It's what's going to change your world. We just sang that. Our lives be lifted high. Our world be lifted high. We can't lift things to God and just be holding on to things of this earth at the same time. Because this earth is heavy. The, the criticism, it's heavy. The hate, it's heavy. And it's going to be pulling down those things that we're trying to lift up. Our job as believers is to be more aligned with heaven than earth. To be conduits of God's love to hold hands with heaven and reach out to earth, not to hold hands with earth and just reach for heaven. We have access to heaven every single day. And, you know, sometimes we neglect that fact. We forget about it. We don't pursue it. And we'll let days go by, weeks go by before we've opened our Bible again. We'll let days go by, weeks go by before we allow ourselves to really worship God in church, in our cars, wherever we might be. And I don't mean to, to talk about these things to make you feel bad. Like if you're in that season, if you are coming out of a stagnant season, or maybe you've been in one and you're still in one, this is a fantastic step for you to make. And this is what's going to help break you through but we have to let go of things. We have to let go of, gosh, the stuff that pulls our attention away. And unfortunately, sometimes that's a relationship. Sometimes it's a friendship. Sometimes it's a TV show. It's music. It's different for every single person. But I know God, my God, he speaks to you so freely and frequently And he will show you what those things are. And he will give you strength to push through. Self-control is something that he grants us. It's just up to us to activate it. And we can activate that here and now. And watch things shift. It may not be overnight. It may not be like day one we hit here, day five, 
where's my blessing? <laughs> it might take a little bit longer, but it's a worthy investment here and now. When I, I think about these scriptures and I think about, you know, people who would talk about it and be about it, there are people like that in the Bible. And I think of Moses and I think of Daniel. And we can start with Moses. I mean, he's in the beginning, so I might as well. And that's an exodus. Y'all are laughing at me, just being myself. I'm so sorry. <laughs> My brain. She's just a go-in. But Exodus chapter 17, it tells a story of Moses and water coming from the rock. So if you don't know who Moses is, he's one of like, I mean, like the OGs. He's way back in the beginning of the Bible. If it weren't for him, I don't know where we would be. I mean, help deliver Israel. He did a lot of things in his life. He did a lot of things wrong, but he did a lot of things right. <laughs> and God just used him, ministered through him to free his people, to free God's people. And in this, Israel is transitioning from slavery into freedom. And just because they were hanging on to this earth so much and hanging on to their past so much, even after having witnessed tremendous wonders on their behalf, they couldn't help but hang on to the things of their past. So much so that they're wandering in a desert, trying to get to the promised land, which should have only taken a few days, takes them forever, basically. A lot of them, well, you know, spoiler alert, a lot of them kind of don't make it, but it's fine. Anyway, they are wandering in this desert and they get to a point where they're like, we should just go back. Captivity was better than this. And I feel like a lot of us do that. This walk with God gets too hard. It was better before, because at least before I could have fun right? At least before I had friends, at least before people liked me. But it's worth it, right? Because we're pursuing the promise. And the promise is always better than the past. But amen. So they get to a point and they're wandering and water is supposed to be flowing. So, so the Lord's speaking to Moses and there was a time where Moses was super self-conscious and he would have to have someone else speak for him because his speech wasn't all that had a little, a little speech impediment. It happens, you know? And there comes this transition in his ministry where he starts speaking for himself, which I think is really cool because he, he grows enough in his faith to do that. But yeah, water from the rock. So we'll start chapter 17, verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from, the place, from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at this place, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Ugh, the dramatics. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb, strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. 
So Moses did this in his sight and the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? So that's story number one. They need water. People are complaining. You know, if you guys have kids, I used to nanny, and when kids are hungry or thirsty, insufferable, right? Mom, I need water. I'm going to die. I need water. Like, I was a dramatic kid, if you couldn't tell. The times 10. (laughs) This is a whole nation that is like, cannot be inconvenienced, right? They're being shown everything. They have a pillar of clouds guiding them every day, providing shade. And they have a pillar of fire at night to keep them warm and again to show them the way. They've had food rain down from heaven. They, they had armies destroyed when they had nothing but what they had on their bodies and their families to make it through. Yet they're still complaining. So I get why Moses got frustrated. The Lord told him to strike the rock. So Moses did. He obeyed because he was hanging on to heaven. But if we move forward a bit, the same thing happens again. Israel is grumbling. They're miserable because they haven't had a drink in so long. I mean, did you not have a canteen? Fill it. Carry it with you. You know we're on a voyage, but it's fine. You know, I feel like the whole nation of Israel were those people that ate all their snacks in the first, like, five minutes of the movie. And then they're, like, reaching over into your bucket of popcorn because you paced yourself and they're still hungry. That's them. The worst. So it happens again, right? And they're like, we're thirsty. We need you. Do this. You said you would. Where is God? I thought he loved us. Grumbling, 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 complaining. Just beyond. And so the same thing happens again. But the Lord, when the Lord speaks to Moses, he tells Moses to speak to the rock. Not strike it. Speak to it. Moses gets so frustrated. What does he do? strikes the rock. Water does not flow. He gets frustrated again. What does he do again? He strikes the rock. Water flows, which is great, but because he was hanging, he let the voice, the voices of Israel ring so loud in his head versus the voice of God that was telling him what to do and what to say and how to behave, he lost out. He was unable to go into the promised land. He was unable to realize the things that were so close but yet so far because he wasn't walking the walk that God told him to walk. He was doing what the world told him to do, albeit they were naggy, (laughs) but he knew better. We're coming to a place where we know better. We have all different ages and backgrounds in this room. We're all in different stages of our faith. Some of us are brand new. Some of us have been doing this for decades. But there comes a point where you know better. There comes a point where the Lord is going to tell you to speak to things instead of striking things. And if you want to be that light bearer you're called to be, you have to do what the Lord says. You have to walk the walk. It's not enough just to put a sticker up and say that I'm covered. There's going to come a point where we have to know what that means. 
you have to know what scripture says so that when someone asks you, what is that about? You're not looking foolish, right? But moreover, looking foolish, because that's like a pride thing, right? No one wants to look dumb. No one wants to be caught off guard. You want to be the best representative of heaven you can possibly be. And when you know better, we have to do better. So that's Moses. He lost out because he couldn't just do better. He knew better, but he wouldn't also do better. But then there's my guy, Daniel, whom I love. He is one of my favorite people in all of scripture, just because he was so resolute. He was taken captive and was a believer, right? He, he was Jewish. He had these convictions. He had these beliefs. And he was taken into captivity with a bunch of other young people, young men. And what the king wanted to do at that time was instill his culture in them so they could be influencers for this new culture. But Daniel said, I'm not doing that. Daniel said, I'm not going to eat your food. Let me just have fruits and veggies because this is what my God told me. And he, he obviously got pushed back, but he said, let us just try it for a little bit and see what happens. And it was fine. He still had his strength. They let him maintain that part of his culture, that part of his faith. And then Daniel says, I'm also a prayer. I'm supposed to pray three times a day, so I've got I've to do it. He was resolute about it. The Lord told him what to do. His word told him what to do, and he did it. He walked it out to the very, very end. And because he did that, nations were changed. He became an ambassador for our God. So much so that the king that wanted to use his own paganistic culture and and make that the religion of the land had to bow down to the living God because Daniel was saved. He was set free. He walked the walk. Who in your life could change because you are walking that walk? Is it a sibling? Is it a coworker? Is it your significant other? Because that happens. I mean, I'd recommend dating someone in the faith makes things a lot easier. But there are people who are depending on you. And there are people who are watching you. When I was in college, I was an RA, a resident advisor. So I was like a leader on campus. I had a floor of freshmen that I oversaw, and it was insane. It was crazy. And whenever we would go through training, we would do training twice a year. They'd always tell us, you know, you're a leader on campus, so you have what's called the fishbowl effect. And I was like, okay, sounds so glamorous. (laughs) But they explained to us that no matter where you are, you carry my school is Pace University, you carry Pace University with you. Doesn't matter if you're on campus or if you're uptown or doesn't matter because you will be recognized. You have 40 students who know you as a leader, right? And then your photo is everywhere because it's important for the kids to know who's in charge. And then if you go out, they're going to be like, oh, oh, she has a real life. She's out here. <laughs> but what is she doing? There's a fishbowl effect. People are watching you. Same thing when you're at leadership 
at a church, at a school, in your job. You carry that with you wherever you go. And it, it doesn't matter how public or private that role is. People are always watching you. You are an influence, an influencer. What do people see when they peer into your fishbowl? Do they just see the posts that you put up or do they see you walking out the things that you're talking about? I always kind of like hated that analogy because it made me feel, one, like people were stalking me, which is never a safe feeling, but two, it made me feel like I couldn't make any mistakes and couldn't do anything wrong. And I want to dismantle that for you guys now. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have missteps. And people are going to see them. But it's not, that's not the part that matters. It's how you recover that matters. How you respond, how you change, how you grow. That's what people are going to see when they're peering into your fishbowl and to see how you've handled these things. Does that make sense? And when we put things in that perspective, it takes the pressure off of us because our response should be to give those things to God. Our response should be to turn to the Lord in our times of need, in our times of failure. Our response should be to be honest with ourselves and others so that we hopefully don't make the same mistakes again. But also when you give things to God, it just creates room for his grace and his mercy to pour out. And people are going to see that too. Oh, you messed up. How could they get another opportunity? Because of God. Oh, you misstepped. You did something wrong again. How are you able to move forward? Because of God. It just reminds me, my best friend in the whole wide world, in high school, she got her first car. And if you know her... She's very bold. She used to whip in this Jeep. It was brand spanking new, okay? To the point where, like, she and I were, we were in a show together. We did theater, and she would do donuts in the parking lot, just whipping, like, (laughs) reckless driving. (laughs) But it's fine. She's 15. Who doesn't do that, right? My mom turned to me. She was like, you are never to get in the car with that girl ever. I was like, okay, yes, ma'am, whatever. Won't be in her car. It's fine. So later that year, she has a car wreck. She was fine, don't worry, she's lived to tell the tale. But like everyone and their mother saw her on 463, just outside of her car, just stressed. Oh no, crying. I remember, I saw it, because it was right after school, and she wrecked, totaled her car. But she was honest about what happened, and she had a provider, a dad to provide, but also a Lord to provide, provided, and she got a brand new car not much longer after that. And a lot of people would have looked at her and been like, how are you going to get another new car? You clearly don't deserve that. You don't know how to treat it well. You don't know how to drive safely. And people would start criticizing. But she could do nothing but flip her hair and keep on driving because she knew that she was taken care of. That's how God is. Whenever we make our mistakes, there is more for you. But we have to be honest and take it to God in the right timing so that we can walk out that blessing. 
And so that we can testify of that. Every time she drove in her next Jeep, it was a testimony that, yes, she did something wrong. She made a mistake. One, she was safe. She didn't have a single injury. Nothing was wrong with her. Testimony, great. But then she didn't even skip a beat without a car. Because during that time, I don't know, for us, if you didn't have a car, it was just like the end of the world. No? Was it just us? You know, when you're young, you're learning how to drive, all you want to do is drive, right? But she got to testify of God's goodness every single day driving to school. And then fast forward a year later, my mom let me get in the car with her, and she drove me to school every day. And we were safe, never wrecked. Praise God. But I just think it's important to remember that our wreckage is not too much for God. It's not something that he can't recover, that he can't take away from us, that he can't use to just boast of his goodness. But we have to let him. And that's part of walking that walk. Letting him show out through us. I have one more story, and then I'll I'll finish up. In college, Lord Jesus, this is going to be very humbling to share this, but... In college, I got my first credit card because I thought I was an adult who could do adult things. And it had a $1,000 limit, and I was like, we balling today, I'm rich, can't tell me nothing. Yeah, except someone could have told me how credit worked because I was just like, free money, this is amazing. And I used that thing up, ran it up could not pay it back. In fact, I did not pay it back. Do not recommend at all. And it ruined my credit. Totally. If you guys know anything about this, credit is very important. You have to have it to like get an apartment, to get a car, to get your own phone. Like everyone looks at your credit statement. Had no idea. I thought this was like your permanent record in school. And we're like, how permanent is that permanent record? You know what I'm saying? Still gone to college. So Is it real? I don't know. Anyway, that's how I thought credit was. I was like, oh, it's this myth. Great. I have free money. I can go do whatever I want to do. Was not true. And I messed up bad. I couldn't pay, so I didn't. And I was like, this will be fine. No one will know because it's just me and this little card that's in my wallet. So I didn't pay it. My account got closed. Straight up forgot about it like did not pay it. It went to collections, y'all. That's serious. Had no idea. Fast forward nine years trying to buy a house. And my uh, broker, is that the right word, was doing my credit check. And she was like, "Um, ma'am, what is this? I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) I'm doing great now. She's like, mm, nope, we can see that. What, what is this here? And I was like, oh, gosh. She was like, you have to sort that out or else you're like not going to be able to get a loan. You're not going to be able to get this house because it shows that you can't be trusted. And I was like, trusted? Trust is a big word. Um, okay. Freaked out. And I started to beat myself up because I was young. I was dumb. I was like, how could I do this? There was interest on it, so it ended up being more than $1,000. And it was just a lot for me at that point. And I, I thought I just ruined everything. I was like, I'll never get a home. I don't know how I'll be able to get a loan. I don't know how I'll be able to move forward. What a foolish thing to do. 
I was kicking myself. And I was so embarrassed. I didn't tell my parents. I told no one. I was like, I'm just going to figure this out. It's just me, God, and my broker. And um, fortunately, I learned the importance of saving between then and now. So I was like, I will just clear this up, and hopefully it'll be like it never happened. She was like, yeah, please do that. I was like, okay, ma'am, got it. And, um, you know, I don't like being told what to do. She was right, and so I was sassy. I'm sorry. And so I, I call the credit card company. It's like this whole thing because my account was no longer with that company. It was with someone else, and then I had to call the collections people, and they had to put it back with my bank. It was like a whole thing. And I'm really embarrassed. I call them. I get on the phone with this really nice girl. I'm like, hey, um, so I had a balance that went to collections, like whispering. And she was like, what? So I had to say it louder. And I was like, I'm here to pay an overdue balance that went to collections. She was like, oh, okay. She was like, oh, this is from like 2012. And I was like, yeah. She was like, were you in college? And I was like, yes. She was like, I did the same thing. It happens. You're fine. We're just going to pay. You know what? I'm going to take off some of this interest for you. You can do that? Yes. I was like, can you take more? She was like, eh. I said some of the interest. I was like, you know what? Thank you so much. You were so kind. I ended up having to pay. It was like $1,300. And fortunately, I was in a position to, to be able to pay that. Because imagine interest over nine years. Hello? Right. Messed up, y'all. But she was so gracious and so kind. And I was like, so that I'm done? She was like, yeah, it's done. It's clear. Like, you'll see this. It'll reflect in your credit pretty soon. And I was like, okay. So there are no other steps. And she was like, well, don't do it again. And I was like, heard. Got it. Check. And she was like, so would you like to open another credit card? And I was like, no. (laughs) Learned from my mistakes. But now I'm in a place where if I needed to, I could. Now I'm in a place, because I was honest about that eventually, and and, did the right thing, eventually there was room for me to grow and to walk forward in blessing. I do have a credit card now. And one time they raised my limit way too high. I called them. I said, bring it down because I know I'm not responsible. (laughs) And they were like, okay. So they'll do that too, just so you know. Just tell them. But it was how I responded. And it was such a private thing, such a private embarrassment. But it had a ripple effect that, you know, really altered my life. And I had to do right. I had to make it better. And... I'm, I'm grateful that God met me there. He, he brought down that balance for me because I was doing the right thing. I truly believe that. He brought that balance down for me so that I could testify of his goodness during that time. He brought down that balance so that I could pay it so that I really could be a good steward and not just say, you know, we all want to be good stewards of what the Lord gives us. I can't. He's given me opportunities to steward things better than I ever have because I'm able to walk that walk. And he'll do the same for you. It may not be credit. It could be, you know, any number of things. But God covers our wreckage, like I said before. And, you know, 
He's going to change your life and you're going to change your world around you. Now I get to oversee young people who like ask me financial things all the time and I swiftly tell them, don't ask me. (laughs) Or if they do ask me and tell me anyway, I just tell them what I've been through and hopefully get to advise them so that they can learn from my mistakes instead of making their own. Because of that fishbowl effect, they're watching me. And hopefully I'm advising them in the right way they should go not telling them to run up their balances. God is good. And the bumper sticker faith, that little kind of just do it checklist thing, it's a thing of the past. At least it is for me. And I hope that it will be for you too. I'm excited to see what what comes of it too. Like, the, the best part of all of this is just bragging about God. The best part about all of this is just saying, God has been good and faithful. God has changed my world. So I can walk around freely and lightly. And the best part about it is that we get to share about it as much or as often as we want to. So I'd encourage you, if you are, you know, a scripture bio kind of person, great, go a step further, do a post, tell people of the goodness of God in your life. That's an action step that you can take. If you're a bumper sticker person and you have scripture on the back of your car, know what that verse is and share it with people. It's not hard to make that switch into action, but it does take a little bit of boldness. And I'll be praying for boldness for for everyone who's in here. I do want to pray for you guys as we kind of close out this bit of the service. But I want to encourage you just in this time of reflection, in this time of worship, let the Lord show you the places where you've been all talk and no action. And then let him tell you what the action needs to be. If it's coming up for prayer, come up for prayer. If it's cutting off a relationship, cut off that relationship. If it's removing something from your life that's just been tearing at your soul, let go of it. Let go of the distractions, the things of this earth, and and hang on to heaven instead. You are a world changer. You are an influence and an ambassador for good and for light. So let let God show you where to shine your light in your day-to-day, in your coming and in your going. So just with every head bowed and every eye closed, God, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are just so incredibly faithful and gracious and kind to us. God, I thank you that you are changing us from the inside out so we know when to take action and to not just talk the talk. God, I thank you that you are showing us even now the things that we need to do to 
to just represent you better. God, I thank you that there's no mistake that your love doesn't cover. That there's no transgression or bad charge that Jesus didn't pay it all for. Help us to use the authority that you have granted us to to, to activate our self-control, to, to walk out all that we need to walk out so that we can represent you to, to others and to this world. And just for anyone in this place who is believing for life change for those around them, would you just continue to renew hope in their lives? Just continue to ignite and rekindle the fire that's in them to see that change, God. I thank you that no one in here has given up because you didn't give up on us. You never gave up on us. So, Lord, help us to not give up on others. Help us to not give up on ourselves. God, and I thank you that wherever we need a page turn, wherever we need to just get a little bit better, let us get better. Let us say yes to the things of heaven and no to the things of this world. Would you move through us and speak to us in this time, God? Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.